Be a high-value woman. Cook, clean, do the dishes, make seven figures. Actually, stay at home. Working moms are selfish, but stay-at-home moms are lazy. Women who don't work are gold diggers, and women who do are not tapping into their feminine energy. We hear these messages every single day, whether it be through the media, whether it be from our peers or our family members, projecting standards onto us that are not only unfair, but confusing. Three years ago, I was sitting in an open house in my two bedroom little condo listing by the beach. I believe it was around 365,000. I was six months pregnant, scared out of my mind and nauseous even at the smell of water. I remember believing that I was at the height of my real estate career and that this pregnancy would totally knock me right off of everything that I had worked so hard to achieve. Sitting on that windowsill looking out, I agonized over my uncertain future. What was gonna happen to my career? Was I ready to even be a mom? No one had shown up that day, so I popped my AirPods in and threw on a podcast. I wanted to learn about the wage gap and what would actually happen after I had my son. I clicked on a random podcast about the wage gap between men and women, and the consensus was that even with pay raises, the gap would never fully close due to our ability as women to have children. Having kids can set us back considerably due to the postpartum gap in employment. I was so nervous that I would lose everything I had gained in going after my career. Immediately, my heart sank into my chest. All of my life, I saw images of women in movies, I'm sure you've seen the same movies uh, where there's maybe three or four different female characters like Girls Trip or Sex in the City. And there's always one character that's like the businesswoman. I remember in Girls Trip, I think it was Taraji P. Henson. She was playing the, the businesswoman who was in power, kind of like Samantha in Sex in the City, same thing with the floor-to-ceiling windows in their big sky-high office. That was what I wanted growing up. That's what I saw, and I was like, that is so freaking cool. <laughs> like, that, how do I get there? And how do I get there with having a family? And how do I get there with having kids? I'm the youngest of five children, so I saw all of my siblings raising their kids and balancing their careers. And to me, it looked like a lot of work and it was really intimidating. I wasn't ready to sacrifice a career in order to have a family, but I knew after seeing amazing examples in my life that I could have both. 103 years ago, we gained the right to vote as women. One of the key figures of that movement is this woman, Cherry Catman, Carrie Chapman Cat. Do you know who she is? Carrie Chapman Catt was an American woman suffrage leader who campaigned for the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which gave U.S. women the right to vote in 1920. Catt served as president of the National American Women Suffrage Association from 1900 to 1904 and from 1915 to 1920. 
Now that's some persistence. That's 20 years of dedication to the movement that gave us the right to, to vote. She is the reason why that amendment was added to the Constitution. She sacrificed time, she sacrificed her energy and her mental capacity to push us closer to equality among men and women. While writing this speech, I was challenged to consider other perspectives. At first I thought, how am I gonna speak from another person's experience? I'd rather hear, hear it from the person themselves. What I was failing to understand is that the perspective, our perspective, actually expands our minds and our thinking capacity. I've researched the effects that having children have had on women online, okay? But I've also seen it day to day. I see every day employing women and working alongside women, also connecting with women who are in different fields, doctors, nurses, engineers, mortgage brokers, all of the above to gain their perspective and stay-at-home moms as well. I want to know what their stories are and what their experiences are so that I can have a better understanding of why we are where we are right now. Because the reality is, and the facts are, that even though we're 103 years from earning, earning, gaining the right to vote, Hispanic women still are at 65%. Black women are still at 70%. Women as a whole, there's a 60, 84% wage gap. But when you zoom in, there are so many women in this country who are still basically where we were 103 fucking years ago. And I couldn't give this on the TED stage for a lot of reasons. Most of it was because I couldn't bring my child and I'm a new mom, I have two kids, I couldn't make it to one rehearsal, so I was Next from the stage, just like a lot of women are in different ways. I'm not one to speak like a victim. I like to speak from a place of positivity. That's how I lead my life. That's how I've found success in my life and positivity and happiness in my life. And success doesn't just mean money. Success means happiness with your family and having a great work-life balance that we all want to achieve. But this narrative that everybody has the luxury to change their life on a dime, that women can go from hustle culture to the soft life just because they feel like it. Because that's what I see on social media, on, it's like a trend. Everything with women, it's like a fucking trend. Our bodies the way we do business. It's embarrassing at this point. And I'm really grateful and lucky that I'm not giving this on the TED stage because I might have my speech in front of me 
But I'm going off rip because this is how I genuinely feel. And I'm passionate about this because I see it day to day. And I see people disrespect my employees on a day-to-day basis. And I say, what a shame, because I know they're paying for childcare right now to do this job. I know that they've got to have a nanny set up. I know they've got to get a daycare set up. They got to do something. Oh, the kid's sick. Got to stay home. Got to bring him to a showing. Got to have him home while I'm on the phone with a $20 million buyer. That's the day-to-day. That's the real life. And the majority of people, especially Black and Hispanic women, do not have the luxury, and a lot of white women too, and a lot of people from different cultures, Asian women are actually above white women in the wage gap. We need to know these facts and figures. And we need to understand that no matter what the media is telling us and your favorite social media influencer and blah, 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 who's getting paid to say whatever, look at the facts. Look it up. We're not where we should be, in my opinion. But I know that we can change it as a collective front. So enough with the stay-at-home moms are better, working moms are better, you're not feminine if you work too much, you're not going to attract the man you want if you're like this or like that. I have news for you. The beauty of humanity is that we're all different and we all want different things in our lives. Not everyone wants a G-Wagon. Not everyone wants to live by the beach. Not everyone wants to hike every day. Not everyone wants to stay at home with kids every day. The point I'm trying to make is the understanding portion, the human portion that has nothing to do with submitting a bill to the government because really what are they going to do? It has nothing to do with putting men and women against each other. It has to do with us educating each other and connecting and understanding that if we collaborate, we are a powerful force. Let's identify what makes us amazing in business as women uniquely. What is it about being a woman or being a mother that makes us uniquely valuable in the workspace, no matter what field you're in? Let's get into it. I feel very fortunate to have seen a lot of successful women in my upbringing. My mom bought her first home at 23 with the money that she earned as a mortgage broker. She faced far worse gender discrimination than I ever have. She always dealt with the questions, doubting the reason why she was there. So doubting her abilities, was it her looks that got her there? Was she dating the boss to get ahead? Surely that's the only way that she could be making this money and be a top producer, right? Because of a man? Conversely, she actually met my dad while taking his loan application. He moved here from South America when he was 13 to Ohio, joined the Air Force, worked, and was actually driving a truck when he met my mom. She took him to her president's club trip because she was a top producer, 
And he got to see firsthand from her perspective how profitable he could be in that business. So he went full force into it, learned the business from my mom, and ended up being the manager of several Washington Mutual locations when I was younger. Only recently was my mom open about sharing some of the negative aspects of being a woman in a male-dominated field. And it's only because I brought it up. She never complained about it. She just did it. Actually, my mom constantly reiterated to me that having a career is actually a blessing. It's a positive outlet for us to express our creativity, power, and get that anxious energy out. I've also sought inspiration in seeing my grandma and aunt open an upholstery business together. I used to visit their workshop when I was little, and that was normal for me to see, but I had no idea how difficult what they were achieving actually was. My grandma is from Colombia originally, and she has the most incredible energy. She can connect with people so well. There's a little bit of a language barrier between us, but I could see how hard she worked with my aunt, Angie, and I really admired that, and I still admire it to this day. The other day, she told me that they got a contract with City Furniture, and to me, that is such an unbelievable accomplishment, especially considering the statistics we just uncovered. Another example is my dad's long-term girlfriend. She actually owns her own medical sales warehouse where they distribute medical supplies to the VA hospitals in South Florida all over the place. Now she has a super fun, bubbly personality in person, like at family events. But once I started working for her, she actually gave me the opportunity to intern for her because she knew I wanted to do medical device sales. And that was a great way to get my foot in the door. And I could not believe how laser focused she was once she was at work. Like, it was like I was seeing a completely different person and a person that no one would see unless they were there firsthand watching it happen. And it was just like unbelievable to me. And I just really appreciate those moments when I can witness a woman being so multidimensional where they can be fun and goofy and bubbly and all of those things and embrace their femininity and embrace what makes them unique just as a human being, but also get into business mode when they need to. That to me is super inspiring. And that's on any level. You could see that from an influencer that you follow, or you can see that from somebody firsthand in front of your face. You just have to be open and willing to acknowledge it and recognize it. And then you can recognize it within yourself. Once you identify those qualities that I just mentioned, you'll start to see it in yourself and think, hmm, I really can be myself and run a profitable business. Work in my house growing up was always meant to be fun, and I built my business on making it sustainable by making it enjoyable. On my drive to work when I'm blasting Cardi B for motivation, at the events that I host for my company, In meetings with seasoned investors and while showing multi-million dollar properties, I'm having fun. Is it hard work? Absolutely. And I've sacrificed a lot of other fun things to get here, like going out with friends, partying, spending time scrolling on social media for hours on end, investing my time into learning about the drama of other people's lives on my TV, who have no idea who I am. Those things used to be fun for me, but I did a 180. 
I redirected like I had when I needed to bring my GPA up from a 1.8 to a 3.8. I went from sitting in a lawn chair at the pool while I should have been in class to sitting in the front of every single class. I showed up. I could have dropped out and I almost did, but what kept me going was seeing how hard my mom worked to provide this opportunity for me. A college education. I knew people would kill to be in my position. My mom set up a Florida prepaid account for me to ensure that the efforts she was putting forth were going to create a good life for us. Do I remember my mom taking calls while we were at lunch or stressing about all that she had to juggle? Of course. But those are the times that I actually appreciate the most. The fact that through business calls with my sister and I screaming in the background, she was able to commit to her career while being there for us. I never questioned whether she was there for us ever. Women are amazing, and when we doubt our abilities, we're kind of discrediting the women that have done it before us for centuries. Without posting it to social media, without being recognized, mothers are superhuman, and yet we still find any way to identify our weaknesses, to magnify them, to focus on them. Women can succeed in the current workspace if we're aware of our values and beliefs of being female. We can also create a major shift by becoming familiar with why taking care of ourselves is vital for our progression. I want you to close your eyes. Visualize success. What is it? Is it a thing? Is it a feeling? Is it a place? Is it a whole movie in your head? Is it you and your friend wheezing, laughing, laying on the floor? <laughs> what is it? Identify it. Sit with it for a second. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to share it with anyone, so make sure it's something you really want, not something you're trying to prove that you want or something that your parents want, not what your partner thinks you should have. What do you want? What did young you want that maybe you shushed? Maybe you felt selfish for wanting what you want. Maybe you don't have the confidence yet to share it. Or maybe you know exactly what that is and what success means to you, and you visualized it time and time again. Thinking as an individual is vital here because this is your life. You see, women actually have the power to think with both sides of their brains simultaneously, while men tend to think with one hemisphere of their brains at a time. We are amazing at accomplishing a multitude of different things. We can be amazing moms. We can be amazing CEOs. We can do TED Talks. We can compete in the Sports Illustrated swim competition if we want to. The world is actually our oyster. The term girl boss is often thrown around these days, and I'm often pinned as one of them. I always thought it was just a silly term until I dove deeper into my research. I found that a girl boss actually follows incrementalism, which is a method of working by adding to a project using many small incremental changes up the ladder through essentially a man's world. It's navigating the career without a plan, the career space without a plan, and making your way up that ladder. Instead of shaking the industry and enacting change from the top, girl bossing is strategically navigating through the current. What was once a term meant to inspire other women to succeed was now deemed as convenient incrementalism and is utilized with sarcastic and pejorative undertones to denote women who attempt to raise their professional lives by practicing the same abusive and materialistic practices found in the patriarchal society. Look at Elizabeth Holmes. She conditioned herself to operate like a man in a world of tech. She lowered her voice. She utilized her strengths to gain trust from investors, persisted, worked hard, all of the girl boss qualities, pushing forward at 100% effort. She put all of her efforts into her own agenda, 
of reaching to the top, of standing out as a woman in a man's industry. She did all of the interviews, press releases, everything. Meanwhile, what she did was set women back in her field immensely. I remember watching the documentary at the, at the end. It said that the women in tech, in Silicon Valley, actually began dyeing their hair brown or red in an attempt to not be compared to her. I've even gotten comparisons to her and I'm not even in tech. <laughs> she persisted without ever taking a step back and to zoom out and say, is what I'm doing ethical? Is what I'm doing to gain recognition also for the best of the people working toward the same goal? That's not a female flaw, that's a human flaw. She poked and prodded at people, told them incorrect lab results, and treated employees poorly. She's not a good example, but there are plenty of good examples of women who have actually made us proud and who have moved the needle. Like our own moms who have navigated the workplace with far less resources than we have. I employ 18 women at my company and I see firsthand every single day how powerful we are. Not weak, not overly emotional, not too loud, not too opinionated, valuable and powerful. The women at my brokerage who are moms, all of us have doubled and tripled our income with each pregnancy. How is that possible? <laughs> it's possible for a few different reasons. The first being what I spoke about earlier, which is that men tend to think with one hemisphere at the, of their brain at once. That's why when you hear somebody say, oh, men are more logical. I remember I grew up hearing that all the time. Men are more logical, women are more emotional. And to this day, I will talk to clients who will use calling me emotional as like a spear, like, like that's an insult to me. And I know that they use that as a trigger and you know, when they've used it in the past, it does hurt because I try to have this hard, tough exterior with, you know, the way that I do business. I have girl bossed in my life. I have tried to not show my emotion in order to move up the ladder because I wanted to navigate that man's world and get to the top. However, if we do not communicate how we can change that to each other, we're still gonna be in the same place. And according to the statistics, it's still gonna take us a hundred years at this point to get to where we have some equality in the workplace as far as pay is concerned. Having kids is the thing that sets us back. We definitely can incorporate things into our lives as moms. If we wanna prioritize kids and also have a business, it's not impossible. It's hard, it's extremely hard. But like I said, every single time, I'm struggling mentally with how am I gonna balance all of this? And then I talk to a mom that's like a doctor. I'm like, my shit is not hard. She's working 80 hours a week. This is cake. Or I talk to my mom who did it with the two of us and didn't have you know, a partner like I have who's super, super hands-on. It's doable, it's normal. And thinking it's normal is really what actually gets me through. Cause I'm like, don't, don't victimize yourself. When I'm in those moments where I feel super, super dra dragged down, I haven't slept a lot, the baby's crying. I've got to talk to a client and I'm stressed. I've shit up to my ears 
agents texting me, the whole thing. I haven't worked out in two weeks. All of that. We go, like everybody goes through that. That's minuscule compared to real problems. Okay. We have real problems. I'm not saying that they're fake, but if you zoom out and look at some perspective here, we wake up every morning. If you have the ability to walk out of your bed and walk out of your house and go into the fresh air, you're already so fucking lucky. If you open your eyes, you're so lucky. I know sometimes I can go off in a tangent and get a little woo-woo, okay, sometimes, but even visualization, which can sound woo-woo to somebody, is scientifically proven to help you get closer to your goals faster. Scientifically proven. So we're gonna go through the actual facts and data that support the reasons why we can have that lifestyle that we want. And we can have the lifestyle that we visualize or what we put on paper. And it's not woo woo and it's not a waste of time. It's called efficiency and it's called working smarter and not harder. And these are things and tools that I've picked up and I've made mistakes and I've learned from them. And now I have a balance that I can be proud of. Actually, it's taken years, but I spend a ton of time with my kids, a ton of time with my kids. And no one on social media has any idea how much time I spend with my kids, and that's intentional. I don't care when a client says to me, where are your kids? When somebody comments, where are your kids? That's my business. And as a mom, that's your business. That's your boundary that you set in your life between your job and your family life. We're going to talk about that too, but I just want to preface this by saying, listen to these, these things that I'm saying and take what works for you. There's no, there's so much motivational content out there. There's no shortage of it. Okay. People are going to tell you, wake up at four. People are going to tell you, actually wake up at seven. People are going to tell you, actually drink a gallon of water. Actually, no, drink three liters of water. All of this stuff is literally common sense at the end of the day. It's like, wake up, like get enough sleep, exercise, breathe, have human connection, spend time with your family, work. Like these are simple things, but we complicate it when we think that because being women holds us, like we think it's holding us back. But then I work day to day with these men who are the ones who wake up at 4 a.m. and their hustle culture, the whole thing, and I'm ahead of them. So we as women, again, we're smart. We're very smart. And we're very good at using both sides of our brains, which means that we can actually think logically while making decisions infused with intuitive, holistic, and creative thought patterns alongside those linear and logical ones. Despite stereotypes that women are too emotional to handle positions of power, research actually suggests otherwise. Human connections, which are crucial for successful deals and projects, they require emotions, yet women are often criticized for being too emotional. A Corn Ferry study found that female CEOs were more likely to engage in the power of teams than their male counterparts. They scored significantly higher than the benchmark group on humility, 
indicative of a consistent lack of self-promotion, an expressed appreciation for others, and a tendency to share the credit. And we're actually more likely to leverage others to achieve desired results. So listen to that for a second. They were more likely to promote other people and leverage others to achieve desired results. So the problem that we see with girl bossing is that it's just that one person that's benefiting, right? So like think Elizabeth Holmes. She's the one that's benefiting in that situation. She's rising to the top. She's navigating. She's making the money. But a trend among CEOs as a whole, as women, we tend to give more credit to the people who work for us, to our employees. And we, intent, we tend to be able to make decisive and executive decisions while still considering the best interest of that employee or whoever we're working with because of our unique abilities to utilize those emotions with the logic, guys. Like, this is so exciting. You should be listening to this like, damn, I'm actually even more powerful than I thought. Let's go. I'd say 70% of my business deals nowadays involve my son yelling, tractor show, tractor show in the background, or my daughter farting mid-Zoom call. <laughs> now try to explain that one to a developer who's been investing $200 million into a project on the other line. What actually surprises me is that these developers often take the time to connect and relate with me because they're human and they've had kids themselves. Within a few minutes, I'm able to connect and bond with that client by chatting over diaper changes and 3 a.m. parent duties. At that moment, the common denominator between my client and I is that we're human. We share that human experience. We share that we endured something as a parent and as a working individual. So yes, this is a talk about how we can empower women, but this is also a talk about understanding. There are gonna be people who think that you're weak because you have kids who cares there's also people who are going to think it's fucking awesome if you think it's awesome and if you think that taking care of a child while you're on the other line and you can do that efficiently that's pretty cool to me i actually had someone the other day say do you think it's you know professional that one of your employees had you know i could hear a child in the background you know, maybe tell them that's not the most professional. I'm like, I would be a hypocrite if I did that. <laughs> I don't think it's a problem. If someone's getting their work done, but there happens to be a baby there in the background, who cares? They're getting their work done. We can do that as, as women. We can do that. The problem is people who are not okay with that. And that's what we need to change, the mindset, normalizing it for men too. My husband comes home all the time to watch the kids while I need to go to work. Dual income households are becoming the norm. They are the norm. So why are we acting like we have to fit into this nine to five schedule that is archaic? And guess what? Over the last three years, yes, tons and tons of women have lost their jobs because of the lockdowns and because of having to take on the childcare responsibilities because you know we couldn't get nannies, we couldn't get daycare, daycares were closed, all of these things, but men too. 
the percentages are very close. So as a whole, we got to change our perspective on how we're treating parents in the workplace. We're doing double the work with a lot of times the same pay or less. And who's going to come fix this problem? Realistically, it's you. You have to fix it for yourself. In the words of Mel Robbins, no one's coming. No one's coming to figure this out for you. I'm able to take time off with my kids. I, I didn't have like a set plan, but I have been strategic as hell. <laughs> I opened a brokerage so I would have weekends off with my kids. I'm working overtime because I have another vision in my head of my kids and I playing on the beach not having to work every moment of my life at some point in my life. And I know what's going to happen because you know what moms are also really good at doing? Getting a lot done in a really small amount of time. <laughs> Elon Musk said, if you give yourself three days to do something, it'll take three days. If you give yourself 30 days, it'll take 30 days. I butchered that quote, but it's something like that. But women mothers especially who have that ticking time in their head of I got to go pick up my kid from daycare I got to go to the they are hyper focused on what they're doing from my experience and I can get all the statistics and evidence that you want but to me human experience and seeing something day to day face to face is the best evidence that I can provide we are capable identify those strengths today Write down the five things. If you just had a baby, what five things have you learned from being pregnant, from having a child, from raising a child that's young and having to manage your time differently? What have you, what have you gained? What five values have you gained? Bring those right into the workplace. Bring those right into the workplace and have them skyrocket your career. Because as soon as you identify those things and you believe that you bring all those things to the table, everyone else will believe it too. While a lot of people have lost their jobs over the last three years, entrepreneurship has actually risen by 29%. Yet there hasn't been a shift in our expectations, our ideas about what leadership is and how it behaves. More mental health awareness across organizations will accelerate this shift, and that includes employees, boards, and business owners, Noah says. When we don't focus on our own self-care, we can become resentful to our employees for the time that they have off to spend with their families and to themselves to really turn off. The key issue preventing CEOs from seeking help is the fact that mental health is still very heavily stigmatized. There's a great pressure on CEOs to appear superhuman. Admitting any kind of vulnerability is perceived by many at the top as a weakness. So how do we create a mentally healthy CEO who can create healthy workplaces for not only women, but individuals as a whole? One of the things that we need to promote is setting boundaries to protect your peace. If you go on your phone and look at the top right corner and pull down, there's that do not disturb button. Use it. The timer on your phone, use that to block off time to enhance your focus on your to-do list. The voice to text feature, that helped me write this speech while I was breastfeeding. 
Use the tools at your disposal to create structure and set boundaries. This enhances focus and quality time over being in a constant state of feeling like you have 17 hats on at once, which a lot of parents and moms feel. You're going to need to set boundaries with your relationships as well. Communication of your boundaries from the jump can actually help those around you understand your schedule and your standards, not the other way around. I used to drop everything when I got a phone call from a client and would meet them three hours away if I had to. I was constantly available. I told people, call me anytime, I'm always available. And they did. They listened to my direction. They called me anytime, all the time, at 11 o'clock every single night for months on end. During lunch with my husband, I would often need to leave unexpectedly and tend to my clients. I was on their schedule. What I thought I needed to do was actually what I was conditioned to believe I needed to do. Always be available or you will never have clients again and you will lose all of your money tomorrow and have to start from square one. That was my mindset. That was also my mindset when I got pregnant, when I was sitting at that open house, scared out of my mind. I know now that that's a lack mindset and that this mindset leaves zero room for self-confidence. How could I have self-worth and confidence when I was constantly living for other people? The first step to setting boundaries within your business is identifying them. What was my goal? It was more time with my son and my kids. That's why I opened my brokerage. That was my mindset going into it, but the reality was it ended up being a lot more work than I expected, and I was seeing my son growing at a rapid rate right before my eyes. I didn't give myself maternity leave. I didn't prioritize that. My kids have become my why, and I've managed to go from working 24-7 to a 40-50 focused hours per week. So my time off, I am just focused on them and I'm just focused on my career when I'm on the clock. What happened to my production? It's still doubling every year. That ticking time clock is a powerful motivator. Use it. Now think back to what you visualized. What did you visualize for yourself? Be an individual and lead with that unique visualization that you've crafted. Write down the five qualities that you already bring to the table as a woman and as a unique individual and lead with them, embody them. Be your own rock, be your own cheerleader. Understand what you bring to the table as a party of one. Thank you so much for listening to my TED Talk. I know it's not perfect, clearly, or else I would be up on the stage making it. But the reason why I'm not is something that I'm proud of. I could have taken my daughter up there and done this talk that took me six, seven months to do when I was throwing up after I gave birth and had a C-section, right back into the swing of things, doing weekly meetings to go after one of my dreams. This talk was on my vision board. I can show you a picture of it. It's on there. Do a TED Talk this year. And I'm not doing that. But that's okay. I've realized that my family is so much more important than checking something off of my bucket list. And maybe there's other things that will come that I'll have to decide on work or family or life. But in this moment, I feel a lot of peace 
knowing that I'm just doing the best that I can as a mom right now. And as a business owner, as a CEO, I'm looking out for my employees. I'm looking out for my family. I'm doing the best I can. And I put every ounce of effort into this talk and being as professional as possible and being present and not trying to ask for special treatment. But the fact is, I am a mom. And there are biological things that moms go through that can hold us back. This is a prime, prime example of that. But this will also propel me forward. And every single moment I have with my kids makes me a better person. It makes them better. It makes me better. And I know that makes me better in the workplace. If we can all just hang on to that, knowing, stop feeling so guilty. This is the reality we live in. We have to work to make money. Stop feeling guilty for doing the best that you can right now with what you have. And be grateful. You can't be grateful and anxious at the same time. It's impossible. So remember that. When you're so grateful for these times that you spend with your kids, and then you're so grateful for the time that you can dedicate to your job, to your career, that you can make money doing so many different things in this life. Think about the women 103 years ago. Think about Carrie. She would be like, Bitch, put it in chat GPT if you need to write an email and you don't have time. Make a podcast in your car instead of having to set up a studio and get the lights and the kid. I'm looking at the ocean right now out of my car making this podcast instead of standing on a TEDx stage with a smile on my face. I love you guys. Thank you so much for your support with this podcast. It's really unbelievable to me how many of you guys listen to this and review it and rate it and love it. And I cannot thank you enough because every story that I hear from you guys about how we can inspire each other, it just feeds on itself. Believe it. It's true. We can make a difference. We can push the needle together.